guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Hey, y'all, this is a two-part episode, so if you're just joining in now, go back and listen to part one. Otherwise, enjoy part two of the sex inventory. And I don't feel like people in AA talk about these things because, first of all, it's so taboo. Second of all, it's embarrassing, you know? Like, uh, And third of all, we'd, we'd love to skip over this part and I hope not to offend people, don't you oh, think? Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I've, I've worked with so many people who have been around the fellowship for years, um, had exposure to the book, maybe have some experience in the steps and very few of them have actually done a sex inventory. And I find it so strange. The page is right here. (laughs) It's, it's not hidden. And for I mean, it's so common amongst us. I know for me, the first time I had sex sober, which was, you know, when I got sober through Alcoholics Anonymous, I hadn't had sober sex yet in my life. Mm. And it felt like like the first time having sex with all the lights on and and you're somehow outside or other people can see you like. It just felt so vulnerable, awkward, exposed. I don't know how to do this. And I vowed like, okay, well, I need practice. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Because it was, it was so awkward. And I had to respect that it was awkward for my husband too. And I was one, just like you were saying, everything was transactional. If in my drinking days, if ever anyone would ask me, how was your day? It would, I'd always respond with, well, my boss did this, or my husband doesn't understand that. Or, you know, I never once had considered what kind of employee have you been? What kind of wife? Never. Hmm. It was always, what could they do for me? Now, B seems to have a much more fun sex life than us. So please tell me what that was like and what it was like and what it's like now, because I'm assuming and hoping it's different in some way. Um, Maybe different, but sober sex at the beginning is just the fucking worst, right? Like <laughs> you are suddenly, you are suddenly present in your body mm-hmm. and you're just aware of your reality and you don't have, I don't know, the confidence that drinking gave you or just the, I guess it's the denial, right? And you feel everything and you're just there present at your most intimate point. So sober sex at first is just fucking weird. Um, (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) When I came into recovery, I learned that I had to get a higher power. And I kind of knew that AA was loosely based on a Christian God at the time because it's 1930s in America. And I was like, fuck that. If I'm going to have a higher power, they have to love sex. So I basically designed my own higher power 
and she loves sex. And that helped because it meant I was willing to believe in a yeah. power greater than myself who, who made it clear that I was allowed to make mistakes, mm. that I was allowed right. to fuck up in relationships and grow through learning and looking at my mistakes. And that's the whole end game. Like this is yeah. the, the spiritual progress is that I keep learning through my fucking mistakes. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, there's two guides, great love or great pain. And unfortunately, my stronger pull is through my great pain. And the great pain <laughs> comes from my fuck ups, you know, and yeah. rectifying yeah. those. Now, if you are a person in recovery, who's married, I don't know about you, but the number one person that I make amends to is my partner today because he's the person closest to me in my life. And he's the person who isn't going to leave. Like this motherfucker stayed through active alcoholism for eight years just because I get snotty one day. He's not going to pack up and leave, you know, and I know that. So the most work that I have to do on myself comes from my marriage relationship because that's where I fall short the most and where it's right up in my face mirrored back to me because I'm a married to a person where I'm, I can be very convincing that it's his fault. And as soon as he goes, Oh shit. Yeah, it probably is me. I'm sorry. I'm like, damn it. It's me. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> so I have to look at this stuff. So what does it say? that we're going to review our own conduct over the years past. So we just got out of this fear and resentment and we're like, look at you, you know, you think it's the other people. Now let's really solidify and look at how I show up and turn up. And the best way to do this is through all of the people that I considered myself in a relationship with. And the easiest way is to use my sex partners over the years. Now, not all of them, there's not enough paper in the fucking rainforest to write all that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough paper to write that out. And it doesn't matter. I don't care. Everyone I slept with one time, that's a whole bucket. Okay. That's just, that's, that, that's one. All right. But everyone else I can look at, you know, the people that I would consider myself have been in a relationship with. And I think there were like eight. Okay. So eight people, um, so I'm going to review my conduct with those people over time because I didn't have all these resentments in connection with them either. They were just people that I was in relationship with. Where had I been selfish? There's questions. So here's your inventory if you've never taken them before. Turn these bitches into questions. So my own conduct where? So I use the person's name. Question number one, where had I been selfish? Now, do you use this sexually? Describe, be first. Tell me what you're telling people to do here. So just to slightly change the subject, the way I read this, and this might be blasphemy because this is the big book and what I'm about to say might be blasphemous. How I see this is that Bill, who wrote the book, Bill was selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate. He unjustifiably arose jealousy, suspicion, and bitterness. That, for me, does not cover everyone's misconduct in relationship. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. So mm. I, 
I am in a home group that is LGBT, so I sponsor he, she's, and they's. I don't care. I, I sponsor everyone I who sponsor needs everyone recovery. I sponsor everyone as well, yeah. Yeah. And some people are like Bill, and they were selfish, dishonest, and inconsiderate. Some people have been severely traumatized, and their misconduct is staying in the wrong relationships out of fear. Now, so I don't think that Bill covers everything that is needed for a sex conduct inventory. So I can use these exact words and I can expand. Or I can simplify. And the simplest way in a relationship, what did you promise? What did you deliver? How did that shit end? With those three questions, you'll see your patterns. So when it says, what should I have done instead? 99% of mine is that I shouldn't have been in that relationship in the first place. So wow, yeah, 99% were like, oh, yeah, you knew out the gate he was going to find me a nightmare. Like You knew all those flags weren't just red. You literally were like, you picked him up from jail, Agent X. So there was, you shouldn't have been there. All right. Like. <laughs> you met him on parole. Like there were signs. So here's our questions. Uh, where was I selfish in this relationship? Next question. Where had I been dishonest? You know, that's a long list of dishonesty. Where had I been inconsiderate to this person? Who did I hurt? Because it's not just me and him. You know, I hurt his mom. I would put I would put him against his mother in early recovery. I would put him on my side, right? So I'm hurting the relationship between him and his mother, him and his sister. I hurt people at his work when I'm drama, all right? I hurt his boss when I'm drama. I hurt our children when I'm drama. I hurt the neighbors. I hurt people, not just my partners, Okay. I hurt their friends. Oh, God. I had to make amend to my girlfriend because I knew I wasn't gay the whole year we dated. You know, like that's hurtful to lots of people, mm-hmm. especially her friends who were going, oh, yeah, she's, she's not gay. I don't think you should be in this relationship. <laughs> I hurt more than one person when I am disconnected from God and the people around me. I hurt people in my home group when I'm disconnected from God and the people around me. Okay. I am a tornado roaring my way through the lives of other people. Next question. Did I unjustifiably arouse? This breaks up into three questions, but I like to do jealousy and suspicion. Um, so I can use that with my mother-in-law. Do I unjustifiably make her jealous? Do I kind of withhold the kids at times because I don't put in the effort? You know, I'm the, I'm the conduit between her and her grandchildren. Do I put myself in that and unjustifiably arouse bitterness as well? Do I cause fights with people? Yes, the fuck I do because I'm bored. There's all these things that I'm doing that these questions are about to unravel for me. Uh, 
What, how do you give this out, Mrs. Jones, as the assignment in the book? So the way I do it, I read that, that full paragraph, um, including the, the questions that you just voiced and then where it says, where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? We got this all down in paper and looked at it. And I first guide to do a sex inventory, looking where we've been selfish, where sex is a factor. Mm. Like my list, it wasn't a list of all former partners. It was a list of people I hurt when sex was a, was a factor, like men that I teased, you know, men that I, um, and women that, you know, I let them think something was going to happen because I needed a place to stay or Mm. free alcohol, free drugs. Um, and then the, you know, the collateral damage, um, wives of men I slept with, um, and meeting with each sponsee, we, we discuss like what kind of format might be best for them, because this doesn't tell me how it has to be written. It doesn't say like, you know, it's, I don't insist on any certain number of columns and with, with some people I work with, they, they seem to do best just writing freestyle, asking God these questions, letting it come out their pen. Some seem to do better with a format to follow using columns. If I do columns, I generally keep it really simple. Who did I hurt? How did I hurt them? Answering these questions within that paragraph. And then the last column being, what should I have done instead in an effort to shape our sane and sound ideal for our future sex life, being careful to note that it's what should I have done instead, not what could I have done instead. I couldn't have shown up any differently than I did. Right. And no value in beating up my former self, you know, beating myself up from my past, but it's more looking like what would a God directed sex life look like? What, what would a God directed life look like um, if I were in this situation again, what would God-directed behavior look like? And in that way, we try to shape our sane and sound sex ideal. So mine are actual questions, and then we do that for each one of them. And these things like, well, just exactly what I just said. And then when you get to where were we at fault? Well, I was at fault for most of it. Every Every time I put a human being in a situation to um, serve me or give to me or um, make me feel a certain way or behave in a certain way so I can be okay, I'm always setting them up to fail and I'm always setting the relationship up to end. And that happens in every area of my life. So where was I at fault? Um, well, I didn't have anyone who was more at fault than me in any of my sex inventory. Did you guys have anyone? There are people who hurt me. Don't get me wrong. But did I set the ball rolling and find me in every single relationship? Yes, I did. Every fucking one. Yes. Yes, Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I, I can't get into like did they hurt me more? Because then, then I'm comparing behaviors and I really believe strongly in the, you know, the way it directs us in the resentment inventory. I have to put out of my mind what they did. I have to set aside what I think their faults were and look at my own mistakes. 
disregard their actions entirely so that I can see my own. Doesn't mean I condone yes. what they did. Doesn't mean it wasn't truly hurt, but I can't use someone else's behavior as a, as a reason to justify my behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And it yeah. doesn't even matter what the, what the perpetrator did. It doesn't matter because we can't fix anything that's happened till now. And you're right. This is not about beating us up. This is about discovering the stock and trade. Why? Again, because I would actually like a life with people that's loving and intimate. I would actually like an intimate relationship with love. So so it doesn't matter the past Agent X and all this misconduct, as long as I'm willing to set matters straight, you know, as long as I'm willing to clean it up. That's cool, cool, cool. You know, you're a train wreck. Look at that. Yeah, wow. Would you like <laughs> on offer a whole new way to be in a relationship? Well, yes, I would. Thank you. Because the evidence of my experience is every relationship I was in and didn't harm and hurt to myself and other people. So we need to discover this stuff first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. The whole point of me writing my six conduct inventory is to see in black and white on paper, how B has shown up to relationships in the past. And then once I see it, I can compare it to what either I value or what my loving God would value. Mm. How do they compare? If I don't stop, if I don't pause and take a snapshot of how I show up to relationships, I will always do that forever. So it's, mm. I stop, I take a snapshot of how I interact with other people and then I can go, ah, oh, I don't really value that. And then it says towards the bottom of the page, we ask God for their help. <laughs> don't worry. There's instructions. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, this yeah. is all bad. Well, don't worry. There's yeah. more. Just wait. There's more. <laughs> I The first thing that um, I truly realized is that I did not believe that men had feelings. And so it was okay to treat them that I did. Oh, poor B. I just like, he just was like, oh, that sucks. You know, I did it. <laughs> I believe that men were just used to being rejected and that it was like a sport for me. You know, how can I say really mean, nasty things? Because you should just be used to this and, and it should roll right off your back like water. I believe that men were like ducks and that anything I said would just roll right off of them. I could, I didn't view other people as people. And it's just so narcissistic. It's, it's such a sociopath. I, I feel like I, and I was, I was so narcissistically involved in myself in relationships with other people. I would feel like I was basically a sociopath, not intentionally. And I don't believe that about myself now, but um, I didn't believe that men had feelings. So I just, again, just use them. Like, don't you see how great I am? You should just deal with all mm. of this, you know? Just, <laughs> You're lucky you know, to have me. You are so lucky. Exactly. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> how dare you complain? Because I get drunk and I'm really And good I'm really good times. in bed when I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wish that that was like a joke. This is, I knew that this would make up for it. I knew that really good sex when I was drunk was going to make up for my bad behavior. And the fact that even that couldn't keep people around that long because my behavior was so bad the rest of the time, you know, it really says something. It should have worked. Damn it. It should have worked. 
Okay, so what are we going to do? We have this sex inventory and it's on paper. So again, there's three inventories in our inventory. Okay, we have three separate inventories, three very big uncoverings of who I am, what is driving me, how I turn up, and why my life has sucked, you know? Now, some more cool work. It says, in this way of looking who we are and finding what's objectionable in me, that's getting me the opposite of what I want. In this way, we try to shape a sane and sound ideal for a future sex life. Sex life. We subjected each relationship to this test. Is it selfish or not? Well, all three of us are in relationships, and that's a very simple one-liner to ask yourself for mm-hmm. every behavior that you do say and act in your relationship. Was that selfish? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's so simple, isn't it? It's so simple. Am I killing it as a wife today? Well, was complaining about where he just put his laundry for for 13 minutes selfish? Yes, the fuck it was. Is taking my emotions out on him today selfish? Yes, the fuck it is. Is putting my needs before him? Is me worried about how I feel about sex today selfish? Is me thinking about what he's not doing for me selfish? Is me worried about the things that he's doing around the the house selfish? Like, Like every complaint that I have, it's very simple to run it through that small little test. Are you being selfish in your relationship today? I wish I graduated. He's always been so considerate, so generous. Like it comes naturally. And ever since we were dating, if he was getting up to go somewhere, he would ask me if he could get me anything. If he's going to the store or if he's just getting up from the couch to the kitchen, can I get you anything? Can I get you anything? Constantly. I was about five years sober before it occurred to me (laughs) to get up from the couch and ask him, can I get you anything? And the phrase felt so coming out of my mouth. I knew that I was years late in, you know, showing any sort of um, consideration towards the man. And he just looked at me with this little half smile, like, he had been waiting for this moment and he just said, no, thank you. <laughs> Damn it. How long have I been this much of an asshole? I didn't know. Mine came with coffee. So every morning for my entire marriage, my husband has brought me a cup of coffee. And I realized that sometimes I would just complain about this cup of coffee like like he wouldn't get I know Beats just like seriously there's no way you're this good in bed to stay married I know like I'm the worst right he goes he go like I'd be like or he would you know stop off somewhere and not bring me my coffee fast enough and I'm like fucking complaining about oh it's like too strong like I was complaining about the coffee that this man would bring me in bed every day until I did the sex inventory thoroughly and it was like get your ass up and get him a coffee, you dickhead. And so to this day, I will force myself out of bed to bring him the coffee. You know, like you can bring him a coffee. It didn't occur to me, though. We're talking for years. It didn't occur to me that I should be doing the same. 
Like, it just baffles me. that I- <laughs> Right? How blind. Uh, that's that and alcoholism. It's so- it's- <laughs> and it's so weird that when I was the selfish asshole in the relationship, I didn't feel any better. I felt worse. Now, if I show up and try and be helpful in my relationship, if I think of others, I feel better. My life is better. I'm peaceful. I'm serene. I'm happy. Whereas when I focus on myself, I'm a miserable piece of shit. Yeah. It's backwards or, or not backward. I don't know. It's something. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I can never seek comfort for myself. When I do, I, I become this self-absorbed little ball of pain. But when I seek to comfort others, I am comforted byproduct, but it just can't be what I'm seeking. So we have to put this last sentence in here as well. It says, we ask God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. So after we, I send you out to go do your sex inventories, we come back with this newfound awareness of who and what we are in relationship and how devastatingly bad that was not, that was not good for anyone. You know, like me on my own power blew that out of the water. So So now let's, what would this look like with God? So I have my sponsees go meditate for 10 minutes with God and pray for the sane and sound sex ideal to come about for them. Is that what you both do as well? I just leave it in God's hands, that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just ask them to guide their pen as they're writing this out, you know, and, um, and at the fifth step, when they're reading it, if I hear something in that ideal that sounds self-serving, I may call it out. Otherwise it's their business, you know, what their, what their sane and sound ideal turns out to be, but almost across the board, it's the same things that you had mentioned earlier, agent X. I, you know, my sane and sound ideal is love is um, being generous, being kind, being present. Do you not have a written sane and sound sex ideal, B? Uh, no. So I, I see that sentence as not a moment in time. I see that um, in this way we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. I see that as ongoing. So from now onwards, I'm going to check in with my higher power, with God, on how I show up to relationships. It says whatever our ideal turns out to be, which means that we will have one, we must be willing to grow towards it. So it does say that there's like a place to grow towards an ideal. So, uh, and you're absolutely right. This is, first of all, I'm never going to graduate again. I don't graduate relationships, okay? (laughs) I have not fucking figured this shit out. (laughs) I have no authority on marriage, let me tell you. I don't know why he's here. I'm always like, if you want a divorce, I get that. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, I'll help you. It's fine. We will amic- be amicable. He's the love. He's the best. He's great. I get my. I get it. My sane and sound oh. ideal. Go ahead. Major disclaimer here. I'm not a great sponsor. Like, <laughs> I I will just I will just take people through this fucking book as best I can. <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm not ever saying I'm doing it right. I leave because God is limitless power. So I make sure I leave a lot of room for God mm. so that no one, no one can say, B helped me recover. Beautiful. Because I just did a half-assed job of taking these fuckers through the book <laughs> and there's a lot of room for God. So they can get to being recovered and go, God helped me recover. Fuck yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, I'm a terrible love. sponsor as well. Mrs. Jones is a great sponsor. You want to know why? Because all her sponsors are like, I love you. I love you. I love you. None of my sponsors say that to me. None of them. Like, I mean, <laughs> they, it, sometimes they do recover and they know damn well it wasn't anything to do with my kindness, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Agent X told me to do the steps or die. So. <laughs> yeah. So my first sane and sound sex ideal. Um, and again, like. We're not in the results business here, B. I'm not a more effective sponsor than you are, like percentage-wise, I'm assuming. There's no, I'm not I'm not in the result business. I don't know. I just turn up and turn up. And if they're willing, they get well. And that's across the board recovery in AA. I'm gonna turn up for you if you do also and do all the work and you're willing, you will get well. Disclaimer. So it doesn't matter which one of you tells you what to do in the book. Neither of us have even yeah. fucking met in person. Yet here we yeah. are talking about the exact same thing. Therefore, it obviously works. Mm. My first sane and sound sex ideal is I had to ask if I even wanted to be married to this person. I don't know. Mm. Ask yourself, do you actually want to be in the relationship with the person that you're in? And if the answer is no, that is pretty important to know. Then, you know, it may look like what does that mean to be honest for the first time in your marriage, because what you were talking about is that trauma and staying in these relationships that you shouldn't be in. Well, that's a great question. Do you actually love this person? Do you want to be in marriage with them? So when I said yes, well, then what would it look like to actually make that a good marriage for both of you? What? Him as well. Now there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. My first date and sound sex ideal was like, I want a happy, passionate marriage to this human. That was it. Very recently, after maybe like a year ago, I went through another round of steps through and uh, like another round of like a thorough fourth step with another person and came to these sane and sat this relationship. And she walked me through this with multiple people. So to sit and ask these questions for some problem relationships that I was having, one just happened to be a sponsee. One happened to be my son. One happened to be a friend. And, and at the time was my my husband as well. So I came up with sane and sound ideals for multiple areas of my life. That's why I say we can use this inventory and these questions with our mother-in-laws, with fucking everyone. So I'm just going to read them to you if you don't mind. My new sane and sound sex ideal in my marriage is to put my partner's wants and needs as equal to mine. Now, normal people may be able to get there, but it takes Agent X (laughs) thorough inventories. (laughs) Fuck. That's all right. I know. Why is he here? I have no idea. It takes the it takes the power of a oh limitless God. God in your life to see <laughs> that your husband has wants and needs. 
<laughs> Someone's going to find out who he is through Facebook and be like, blink twice, bro, if you want us to save you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. Just reading this out loud. Am I currently following short? Yes, I am. I need to, I would like to put his wants and needs equal to mine. Now, everything I do in, in that I'm complaining about in my marriage can be bounced off of that. Am I putting his wants and needs equal to mine? Okay. I have a sane and sound sponsorship idea deal. Are you ready to sponsor void of personal ambition? That's it. Full spot, full stop. Because I wanted people to get sober or I wanted them to like me while doing it. First of all, I don't give a fuck if you like me anymore. That Really? I'm like a 7 out of 10 of not caring anymore. Well, no, I do care, but like it's not going to – that validation is no longer important, to be honest. I have right. sponsored boundaries like an Al-Anon rock star these days. I really do. And people have um, commented on them. Uh, like the sponsees are like, I really – your boundaries really oh, are really hard to deal with. I'm like, I know. I know. Try your alcoholism, bruh. <laughs> to continue to sponsor void of personal ambition. Friends, accept people where they're at. Be honest without self-sacrificing. That's a really beautiful friendship, sane and sound ideal. Okay, I'm just going to be your friend. That's friendship. Yeah. Again, some people understand how to be friends. And I needed the power of a loving God in my life to figure out how to be a friend. <laughs> We really awesome. are the broken toys of the world, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Here, work sane and sound ideal. You didn't know I was coming up with these. You're welcome, you guys. <laughs> work sane and sound ideal. Do what I say I'm going to do. Be conscious of the way I make others feel at work. What? And are you ready for my parenting ideal, which you both know my sob story, and so does all of fucking the internet, because the podcast, this is all I talk about. I'm sorry, it's my life. It's who, it's where we're at. My parenting ideal. Trust God in my children's life. Be trustworthy and honest to my mm. child. I need nice. to be trustworthy and honest, and I need to trust that they have a power in their life and that I'm not it. So this sane and sound sponsorship, uh, sex ideal, I just, I love it. And I feel like you can sit with your higher power and ask these questions when you see how you're turning up in other people's lives and have a new way to live. Dude, this is rad shit. Yeah, it is. Please tell me we're not going to end the podcast here and we are going to read the very next line, the best line in the entire book. Yes, please. God given. I want Therefore, you to read it. Given. I want you to read it. And I actually want you to help me to have better sober sex because I feel like that is something that you could do. I'll jump on a plane right now. I know. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> oh, you mean. Yeah, yeah. You're not oh, with not me. Like that. My husband's okay, also okay. pretty, he's like a nine out of 10. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's smoking. <laughs> We remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. Fuck yeah. My <laughs> sex powers my sex powers were given by God, and I'm not supposed to be selfish with them, so I can give them away to lots of people and post nudes on Instagram. 
Absolutely. Those were your sex powers that you gave to us for yeah, fun and yeah. for free. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not selfish. I'm not selfish. I post it for free. <laughs> and the the other thing about this is like what what wonderful promises these are for a we aren't a glum lot, bruh. And that when people are like, oh, well, I can't do this God thing because of the Christian um, undertones. Mm. Well, I don't feel like you're hearing that in church ever. Okay, so I don't know what God you're talking about here. But this one says that he wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. He wants us to be intimate, sexually, physically, emotionally, with other people in the world. He wants us to use our humanness to have relationships that are great for you and for me. That's dope shit. This is a higher power that I want to sell for fun and for free, bruh. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And you know, I don't think there's a sentence in this book that tells us we have to remind ourselves that we're alcoholics. <laughs> remind ourselves that we can't drink, right? But it, but we remind ourselves that our sex powers are God-given. Mm. And that we have brains to use. Like it's it's so beautiful and it's the opposite of what you hear in meetings. Where are those the two places that it talks about talking to yourself in the book? You would know better than me, Mrs. Jones. Um, it really does you know, the only place that I think it says we say to ourselves is on 67, yeah. this is a sick man. Right. And I, I think that's deliberate because I don't tell God. God, Agent X is sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, she'll tell you herself. Fucking Mrs. Yeah. Jones, help me, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, I mean, there are places where reminding ourselves we are no longer running the show. Um, but I... You know, that self-talk, I really don't engage in that much anymore. I'm talking to God. Hmm. You know, I'm not talking to Mrs. Jones so much. Because when you hear people say, oh, I have to remind myself to be vigilant. What the fuck are you talking about? That's the opposite of what we're doing. I get in yeah. pain and then check the, the the tick boxes of what's going on in me that I'm so spiritually disconnected at the moment. You know what I mean? None of that is vigilance. I'm not thinking about being sober, not a second of the day. I just, you know, right. I get uncomfortable as it says, as it's promised in step 10. And then I know what to do about it. So again, this stuff gets me so excited because the promise here is if I continually to look at how I turn up in my relationship, there is an option for a better relationship. What? Where else in the whole world gives us the fucking blueprint for a good marriage? Ew. Amazing. Oh, and thank you. And this brings up, I have an analogy that I like. Um, okay. <laughs> so, you know, just like we were just saying, people say like, I have to wake up and, you know, I wake up with untreated alcoholism. I have to remind myself I'm an alcoholic every day. You know, that sounds like you never fully conceded, right? Mm. In 2007, I met my husband in 99, 2007, he proposed, I decided to say yes. I decided to marry the man and in 2008, we said our vows in front of a bunch of people and God. I do not wake up every morning reminding myself that I'm a wife. Hmm. 
if I if I said if I were to say that I have to do that, that would sound like I never really took those vows very seriously. Oh, well, we can end this one. It says we tra- we treat sex as we would any other problem. So again, sometimes people actually are happier sexually active when they're sober. And that happens a lot. But also, like, just so you know, sometimes people aren't. And that was my experience. And I had to do a lot of work to get through that. I literally covered my eyes for a year. Like, it was hard and scary and a terrifying experience. And, you know, when we get to step four, I say there's no victims in AA. But it's never, ever to say that human beings, when we get here, sometimes are wrapped in a ton of abuse, a ton of neglect, a ton of really serious things that have happened to you, either as a child or as an adult. But there is a promise of a way to have these healthy, sane and sound ideal relationships. The first is if God's running my life, he's not going to direct me into an abusive, toxic relationship in the first place right? So maybe that's where we ran before. Maybe that's where we had surrounded ourselves before. But if God is actually running the show here, I have a chance. I have a chance. So in meditation, if if you want a better relationship with other human beings, there's a fucking solution to get it. God, we are so lucky. Yeah? Mm. Agreed. Yeah. We get to be completely filled up with an infinite love from a loving, caring God. And then we get to go out with that radiating out of ourselves. How fucking sexy is that shit? Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Thank you guys so much for being with me. I literally have been waiting for this for a year. I was like, I should start a podcast. So at some point I could talk about the sex inventory on page 69. And I'm sorry, if you don't think that's fucking hilarious, you are not my people that it's on page 69. All right. We are not a glum lot. Thank you guys for being with me. I love you so much. Thanks everyone for listening to That's on the Book. Please remember you can get it and contact us with us at any time at that's on the book at hotmail.com. We'll see you again next week. Dude, have you even read the fucking book?